0: Welcome to the Blessed Sacrament Parish Community Podcast, where our mission is to help everyone recognize and experience the presence of God. Hey everyone, welcome to the Blessed Sacrament Parish Community Podcast. I'm Kristen Russell, and today we are going to dive deeper. Um, We have a very special guest who's going to talk to us a little bit about contemplative prayer. Now, before you get super scared, don't be scared of contemplative prayer. It's something that we are all called to do And it doesn't have to be scary at all. And hopefully, by the end of this podcast, you're going to be like, you know what, I think I can do this. And we're so confident that you're going to be able to do this, that we're actually going to do a little bit of contemplative prayer at the very end. So keep listening. And you're going to see how beautiful um, and how much depth and growth you can experience through contemplative prayer. But let me Back up just a minute, and I'm going to introduce our, our special guest today. Um, we are here with Stacy Trapani, and I'm so excited to have Stacey Hello. on the podcast today. And just a little background, um, Stacy and her husband Chuck have been members of Blessed Sacraments for nearly 30 years. Stacey is a commissioned lay minister in the Saginaw Diocese and has been instrumental as a leader in the women's Christ Renews process for 20 20- years
1: years yeah maybe not quite that long but for a long time a, long time. a few years many of you who
0: attend the blessed sacrament you'll recognize stacy as a eucharistic minister and when she's not busy serving at our parish stacy is a retreat creator slash facilitator spiritual director candidate a member of the little books board of directors and an occasional writer for faith magazine and if that's not enough to keep her busy, Stacy has owned and operated her own marketing and communications firm, Trapani Communications, for 28 years. You are a mom to two fabulous daughters, Taylor and Anne, and I
1: hear you have two fur babies as well. Yes, we do. We have a dog and a cat. We love our fur babies. I am so excited. Oh, to have thank, this conversation you so with you. thank you so um, much. Thank you so much for having me. I, th- I think that that introduction is a little better than yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That was very nice, though.
0: <laughs> I, Of course, I, I love that we are bringing people like parishioners onto the podcast. Just, you know, we might worship together, you might see people um, in church, but you never know the the depth of their uh, spiritual life. And so be to be able to have these conversations and just kind of get to know people a little bit more and what they're passionate about has been a really cool experience for me. And I'm hoping it's been a really cool experience for everyone who's listening yeah. as well. I have to say, you emailed me, and it was such a god thing because I literally on my to do list for the day was email Stacy about podcast, <laughs> and before I could email you about the podcast, you emailed me about doing a podcast on contemplative prayer, and immediately I was like, yes,
1: yeah, isn't that funny how the spirit works that way? It's so cool. So
0: I'm so excited to be able to have this conversation. And again, like I kind of said in the introduction, contemplative prayer can be a little scary for some people. It's, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about contemplative prayer, but it just sounds unattainable. So I thought before we dive deep into contemplative prayer, um, we can just kind of talk about prayer in general. Sure. So my first question, and maybe people have this question too, but why do, why do we pray?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. And people have really contemplated this question forever. You know, it's been the subject of lots of debates and conversations, but I think the reason we pray is to get ourselves closer to God and to help let God change us, you know, and in that prayer, find a way to change. And I think, um, I think nothing, we're trying to get closer to God in love you know, and understand truly what God's love means. And I don't think anything can change us as much as getting close to something who loves us and who we love, mm-hmm. and that's God. And so I think that's what prayer does for us. It helps us in relationship to bring us closer to God.
0: Absolutely. A little bit of quality time to get to know God. I There's kind of like this circle thing that, you know, when you, when you love someone, you want to know them. And the more you get to know someone, you know, the more you love them. And so that's what I always think of when I think of prayer life. It's just that you dive deeper and deeper and deeper and getting to know and therefore love God and God loves us all the time, but it's also helping God reveal ourselves to us, which
1: is so cool. Yeah. Well, and you know, we've all grown up hearing God loves you and I mean, for a long time, I didn't really understand what that meant. It really didn't mean much to me at all, mm-hmm. because I was like, "Yeah, I get it, but what? What does that do for me? I don't, you know." And until I started really exploring my prayer life more and understanding who God is and who God is to me. I don't think that concept of love was something I could really grasp. And Mm -hmm. and then the more I got into prayer and contemplative prayer, the more I could really feel that and understand it and see how it could change my life.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it is something so, I mean, contemplative prayer, it's not super different. You know, thinking about the forms of prayer that people are really familiar with um, and maybe are super comfortable with, things like the rosary or... Uh, stations of the cross, all of these kind of rote prayers they're not
1: bad, right,
0: but I always like to think of them there's some sort of they're a stepping stone into something a little bit deeper,
1: yeah, and I think about the very first prayer I learned, angel of God, my guardian, dear, you know so many people love that prayer, mm-hmm. and it reminds me of my childhood, and it comes back to me, so there's comfort there too mm-hmm. so those those rope prayers do have some definite value and benefit, and then There's so many other kinds of prayers. There's, um, you know, walking the labyrinth. You Mm -hmm. know, we have places around here where you can walk a labyrinth, and that's a prayer form that really speaks to me a lot. Um, There are um, all kinds of ways that you know your life can be a prayer you can be taking a a walk in nature singing can be a prayer you know having having a caring conversation for somebody can almost be a prayer because your life is that prayer and so we we tend to put prayer in a box a little bit Mm -hmm. and it's in my mind it's better to release that box and open that box out so that it can be more things because if god is in us and god is in us then we're holy and everything we do is holy, and that holiness can be our prayer into the world. Absolutely, it's kind of like you know, I love that idea of you don't don't put prayer in a
0: box, like in this nice little confine. I feel the same way about God. Sometimes yeah. is that sometimes we want to put God in this little box and make God nice and neat, and okay, we've got we've got God, got We're it good. all figured out, we got it all figured out. You know, and just like we know things about God but God for the most part is a mystery to us. I, I, I think that prayer is that first step into the mystery. You know, it's kind of like you close your eyes, plug your nose and jump into the deep end. That's, that's especially, that's how I feel, especially with contemplative prayer. And for anyone who loves, you know, cannonballs and doing those kinds of things, like just taking that plunge, that's what contemplative prayer is like. I think taking that, just entering into the mystery, it can be super scary, but at the same time, so rewarding.
1: Well, and you sort of gave a, gave me a perfect segue because you said God's a mystery to us. And honestly, we're a mystery to ourselves. And one thing about contemplative prayers, it helps you break down, take down those layers, tear down those walls, start start to begin to come to more of the essence of who you are and who you are as yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and the more we understand ourselves, the more we understand God because God sees that true essence of ourselves that we hardly can see. Mm -hmm. It's hard for us to see. And I know it's hard for me to see it. And, and through that prayer, my, my goal is to get closer and closer to that unity with God so that I can see what God sees. Mm
0: -hmm. And I think, you know, going, talking about, you know, seeing what God sees and, and seeing not only what God sees, but as God sees You know, we talked a little bit in preparation for this. We talked a little bit about mystics. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. When you read stories about the mystics, you're like, wow. Yeah. Not me. They are weird. (laughs) Like, and that's the only. Where do they come up with that idea? Like, why? Yeah. (laughs) But I think it's not that. Yeah, they probably
1: were a little bit weird, but hey, aren't we all, you know, we're I know all I always think about Thomas Merton, you know, he's like, okay, I'm going to just go off to this her- hermitage and I'm just not going to leave it, you know, oh, for it's... all this time. Really? No TV? Nothing? Nothing. <laughs> but I think, you know,
0: I-, I do think mystics get a little bit of a, a, not a bad rap, but I think they're misunderstood. So if you want, if like, if you could clear up, I don't know, people's misconceptions or, you know, the myth around mystics how would you explain to them like mystics and that mystical experience yeah
1: and i'm certainly not any kind of expert that's for sure but i i would define a mystic as anybody who seeks that ultimate union with god mm-hmm. so in that sense i think every seeker can be a mystic you know we're, we're all looking for that ultimate union with god and it's not some you know level to attain because that doesn't even make sense in God's eyes. God doesn't see that way. We see that way in our human eyes. But it's it's more about looking for that union and seeking that union. And he'd think, um, you know, we talk about, you know, how holy people are. And I listened to the podcast on the Teresas, which I thought was really great. And so um, St. Teresa of Calcutta, I'm sorry, I can't remember what her formal title is, but I I bet she didn't look holy at all when she was in the slums helping people, but we see her as very holy. We can see ourselves as holy that way, too, because we're doing that, too, in our own way, in our own level. And because we have God right at our essence, we are holy. Mm -hmm. And I think we forget about that, and so we all are mystical in our own way, and it's not some, you know, sorcerer or witchery kind of thing. People misunderstand Mm -hmm. the term.
0: right. Yeah, the definition of holy is to be set apart. I mean, to paraphrase that definition, to be holy is to be weird. You know, if you're thinking about... Oh, good, I'm so yeah, Right? Like, so I, I think to be holy, to be set apart, we're called to holiness by virtue of our baptism. We're set apart. We have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We are temples of the Holy Spirit. We're kind of weird, but it's it's this beautiful thing where... It's not that we even lose ourselves, but we become more fully ourselves. I think it was saints, not going to be able to remember who it is. Anyways, one of the saints, one of our early church fathers said, you know, the glory of God is humans fully alive, humans being fully who they are called to be. I think that's awesome. Like, so our lives, not only are we called to be holy, but we're called through our lives to glorify God it sounds weird, but that's because we're all called to be mystics in a way. Hey, right. So, right. I mean, when I, I, I'm jokingly saying, like, mystics are weird and we're all called to be weird, but we kind of are. Like, we're all called to be something more than what the world, I think, expects
1: of us. And incidentally, we're all equipped for that call. Mm-hmm. There's nobody who's not equipped for that call. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to be doing anything stellar. We're all just ordinary, mm-hmm. you know everybody around us is just ordinary and we're just doing ordinary things you know to maybe make something extraordinary
0: and god will make something extraordinary happy happen come out of those right that that's the i mean speaking of that mystery of god god is awesome to be able to take those ordinary things to examples bread and wine and make something extraordinary mm-hmm. come out of it, the more you think about it, the more it's
1: its just awe-inspiring, yeah. really and truly. Well, and that's one thing I like about contemplation, is it helps you see the extraordinary in the ordinary. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: It helps train your heart to train your eyes to see God in every circumstance. Mm-hmm. And so let's talk a little bit about um, contemplative prayer. What's your definition of contemplative prayer? Like, how would you explain it to someone? Yeah,
1: well, and I'm going to steal it from what we, we typically hear and read. Um, Father Thomas Keating is one of the people who really made contemplative prayer approachable, touchable to the average person. And he calls it um, consenting to the presence and action of God mm-hmm. in our lives. So just opening ourselves up to what God wants to do in our lives And if you think about that, it's simple and hard at the same time. Mm -hmm. But that's basically what contemplative prayer is, sort of consenting to the action and presence of God in our lives. And we know that God is always active and God is always present. Mm -hmm. So how do we live that out and how are we aware of it and what does that do on a daily basis? How does that impact what we do and how we behave and what we think and how we judge and all that?
0: I love that. What is it about contemplative prayer that really kind of piqued your interest or drew, what drew you to contemplative prayer?
1: Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that. I don't have a, a complete answer. I was first introduced to it during a Christ Renews process and somebody during like one of our formation years, somebody came in and introduced the whole group to the whole team to contemplative prayer. And I, it sort of blew my mind a little bit. I had never experienced anything like that. And just so people know what we're talking about, it's really sitting in silence, clearing your mind of all thoughts for a length of time. And in this case, it was 20 minutes. So I have done retreats where I've explained that we were going to sit there quietly for 20 minutes and I literally had women one woman say are you kidding me? 20 minutes? Like it <laughs> accidentally came out of her mouth. She didn't mean to say it. And because we don't sit in silence for any length of time. We, we aren't quiet. And the thought of being quiet like that and trying to clear your mind is, is difficult for some people. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm talking about that I experienced. We sat in the silence for 20 minutes and cleared our minds. And the concept really is, We're not clearing our minds so that we can be filled, filled, filled with graces because the graces are already there. What we're trying to do is empty. We're trying to empty all of the stuff that comes through, all of the stuff that builds up and blocks what we're trying to do as Christians and humans in this world. we're trying to empty all that out so we're not looking to be filled by centering prayer we're, we're looking to be released we're looking mm-hmm. we're looking to be able to just be because all of those things stand in the way of our relationship with God all those things we carry our worries our concerns our preoccupations and believe me I have all of them in spades we you know we that those things get in the way of who we are and so i think I I think maybe I was drawn to contemplative prayer originally because that notion of emptying and opening space up for God, it was so appealing to me because I didn't see a lot of that in my life. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, I felt a little bit like I'm doing this kind of prayer. I'm reading this devotion. I'm reading this book. I'm going to mass. I'm doing this. I'm doing retreats. When is it enough? I, I just I never felt, I never knew that I was doing enough or I never felt like there was, I could stop. Mm-hmm. I just had to keep doing all of these different things. And I, and contemplative prayer gave me this ability to say, okay, wait, I don't have to be doing all of these things because a lot of times those things are coming in and out anyway and I'm not retaining them. Mm-hmm. So I, I made this conscious decision to stop doing that Okay, do it a little bit. Still, I'm just going to be honest. But to you know, to to stop that and say, okay, what can be enough? And let's try this and see if that feels like enough.
0: Your stories reminded me of Mary and Martha. Mm-hmm. You know, one is you know Jesus is in their midst, and one is bustling, 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 doing all these things, and the other one is just sitting in the presence of Jesus. And it's not that one is better than the other but there are appropriate times for each thing. And I think sometimes when we try to fill, when we try to dictate the terms of our relationship with God, like I'm going to do all of these devotionals and I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. I'm going to get out my checklist be like Santa. I'm going to check it twice. Make sure I've done all these things. Like it's like, as in 21st century Americans, we want that control. We want to define the terms of our relationship with God, but really God's just like, I'm here.
1: I'm here. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. You just, don't got to work so hard at it.
0: Come spend time with me. Just come, um, be with me. And so I, I love that. And I think all of us can fall into those, I'll call them traps. Some of us can fall. A lot of us can fall into those patterns of, well, I just got to do, 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 do. When really we have to sit and just be silent. Mm-hmm. Because also when you're doing something, you don't necessarily have to acknowledge the need for silence in your life.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. My friend says she tells me not to shoot on myself because <laughs> I do a lot of shooting. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I really should do this because. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she says that. Watch out! Don't shoot on yourself.
0: <laughs> Great advice.
1: Um, and one of the things I wanted to mention is I've been I was introduced to this book called The Cloud of Unknowing. Mm-hmm. And I am taking class and working on becoming a spiritual director. And the first year of the class, you have to, it's called Foundations in Spirituality, and you learn a lot about a lot of the mystics. Mm -hmm. And one of the early books that we had to read was called The Cloud of Unknowing. And it's really this incredible book that's, it's written by a 14th century monk teaching a novice monk how to be a contemplative person and how to do contemplative prayer mm-hmm. and it's really just like straight shooter advice about how to do it and i read that book and i thought oh my gosh this is incredible i wanted to tell everybody about mm-hmm. this book and i know you've read it too or read I've parts had, of it maybe oh, yeah, yeah. yeah and um it's just so full of just really great gems of wisdom and i When I read the book, it really got me even deeper into that contemplation. And then I started searching out for other things to read about contemplation. Thomas Mm -hmm. Merton, Cynthia Bourgeau, and some people like that who have really great, interesting things to say about it. And I would encourage people, if they're interested, just to dabble in it. The Cloud of Unknowing is very accessible. Mm -hmm. It's, It's a really accessible book. But the concept of the book is that we are trying to be in a place of unknowing all those things that we, we have built up and known Mm -hmm. because all of those things get in the way of our relationship with God. So back to what we were saying earlier about the, the appealing nature of contemplation. Mm -hmm.
0: So you mentioned that it's got a lot of good, the cloud of unknowing straight shooter, lots of pearls of wisdom Mm -hmm. Off the top of your head, like, can you share maybe one or two of those things that you absolutely love out of this book?
1: Um, Well, listen to this quote about prayer, because it, it, in the early chapters, it talks about prayer. And the person who wrote this book is anonymous, so they assume it was maybe a Cistercian monk because of the way they lived that They would put mm-hmm. anonymous on a book and not put their name on it because right. that was kind of their practice. Okay. And um, there was this quote about prayer that I just thought was beautiful, that prayer brings together two lovers, God and the soul, in a narrow room where they speak much of love. Now, if you think about that, you've got two people who love each other in a narrow room. Why is the room narrow? Because mm-hmm. that's all the bigger it needs to be. Mm-hmm. What are they talking about? They're talking about the most important thing, mm-hmm. love. And and the, the thought of that, bringing together two lovers, God and the soul, in prayer, it's just... It's just beautiful. We don't need an expansive area to experience this love. We don't need to be grasping and reaching for things. It's just the simplicity of the task that makes it hard. Mm-hmm. You know, and you think, okay, that's easy, yeah. but it's not easy.
0: It's not. It's like trying to like make your house into a minimalist house. It's it's actually, you still have a lot of clutter, but the only, it's a small room with the two persons in it because that's all you need. All you need is all you need is God. You don't have to bring your all of that other stuff, your devotionals, you know, whatever. Just be with God. Right.
1: And you said the operative word, be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's really the operative word is to sit and be. And that's what you do in contemplation is you try to let those things go so you can be. Mm-hmm. So that was one that came to mind. I love that.
0: Again, being 21st
1: century Americans, I I, I think...
0: Well, um, as someone who practices contemplative prayer, not as frequently as I should or as I would want to, but one of the scariest things about contemplative prayer is silence. It's terrifying. Even as I'm thinking about this podcast, I'm already thinking like, worst thing you can do on radio or in a podcast is have silence, yeah. dead air. right? It's like the worst thing ever. But it's so, I think we're scared of it because it's such a need in our lives, I mean, this is, I knew I was old when I found myself looking, like trying to concentrate in the car and I'd turn off the radio so I would have silence. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I turning off the radio so I can focus, like see better in, you know, in a part of the to find a parking spot or driving in the rain. But I think that's just a little glimpse of silence helps us focus. Mm-hmm. Silence. And like you said, contemplative prayer is all about being. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and I think in our culture, we promote this idea of being productive at all times. Mm -hmm. And we must be productive at all times. And even when I'm sitting in contemplative prayer, sometimes I'll be thinking, I really should be doing X, you know, fill in the blank. And I think part of it is setting aside that, you know, need to be productive which we all have because our lives are so full. Mm -hmm. And when we actually get extra time, we don't use it to relax. We fill it with more things. more things. Yeah.
0: And more obligations. I feel like we fill our time with a lot of obligations. We feel guilty about
1: sitting there doing nothing.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, It's true. One thing that you mentioned, and I think it's important to bring to people's attention, is that... You know, as you're sitting there sometimes in prayer, you're like, I should be doing this instead. I think you can be really, particularly someone who's maybe just starting out, like really trying to enter into a a prayer life, deep in their prayer life. It can be really easy to get discouraged because you feel like you're not doing it right. Or prayer is just, it's not what you want it to be. Or, you know, you you go into your quiet time and you're thinking about all the other things you should be doing. Why is it important not to judge our prayer time?
1: Yeah, it's so important. First off, you can't pray wrong. <laughs> that's true. It's <That's> true. <laughs> There's no such thing. You know, Thomas Merton has that quote about, I I believe that I can't get, I'm not going to get it right, but I believe that wanting to please you does in fact please you mm-hmm. in the sense, even though I'm not getting it right, mm-hmm. I'm I'm trying and that's, that makes you happy, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, I think with with contemplative prayer, it's hard to turn your mind off. And there's this famous story that Thomas Keating uh, tells when he was doing a retreat for one of the very first times that he sort of introduced this practice. And afterwards, a nun came up to him and said, Oh, my gosh, I failed miserably at that I probably had 10,000 thoughts. (laughs) And he said, wonderful, that was 10,000 opportunities to return to God. Mm. And so he looks at thoughts or um, uh, being interrupting your thought pattern so you can return to silence. He looks at that as a surrender, Mm -hmm. like surrendering yourself so you can return to God. So he looks at it more as a positive rather than a negative that you can't turn your mind off. So all of our prayer time is going to be different every time you sit down. It's going to be different, and I I know that you're not supposed to judge your prayer time, but I still do judge my prayer time. I, I try not to, but sometimes I get frustrated mm-hmm. because I really can't turn my mind off, mm-hmm. and and then I'll think, okay, I'm just going to come back to this later because it's too frustrating. And and what you're supposed to do in in when you're sitting in centering prayer, which is a form of contemplative prayer, is when you when you Catch yourself going off on a tangent, you have a word and you use that sacred word to bring you back. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of like tying a little string around your finger to remind you, oops, I'm in centering prayer, let me go back and stop worrying about what I'm going to get when I go to the grocery store Mm -hmm. or, or whatever. And that that process of coming back over and over again is, is truly like a process of surrender and coming back over and over again. And no matter how many times you've left, as long as you come back, you're all right. It it kind of goes back to this notion of like of
0: being intentional. Like what is your intention when you come to prayer? Of course your prayer and like your intention when coming to prayer is to spend time with God. And I think that speaks volumes because God knows what our heart's desires are. God knows what we intend in this time. So I think the very act of being intentional and coming to God to spend that quiet time, no matter how many times we might find ourselves wandering, like you said, coming back, it, it, my gosh, reminds me of the prodigal son, right? Like every time, think of the joy that the father felt every time the prodigal son came back. Now, 10,000 times, you know, in prayer, you know, being able to come back, that's 10,000 times that God, again, rejoices and like, oh, look, you're spending time with me. Yeah. And, and I just, I find that as a good reminder that it's about our intention. I think God would rather have us have the good intentions of spending time with him than to say, oh, I'll get I'll get around to that and then never do it. Mm-hmm. So even though it doesn't matter how distracted we are.
1: Right. Right. And then, and I think if we try to manufacture that prayer time, we lose the grace that can come from it. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we start controlling God and then the grace is lost. I
0: also practice centering prayer. Um, and, and one of the, uh, when I was first learning how to do centering prayer, I was in, sc- I was in grad school. And so there was a group of us who were taking a class on contemplative practices. So we were like, Well, none of us are really comfortable with the notion of sitting in silence for 20 minutes by ourselves. So let's do it together. And this was kind of an eclectic group of individuals. We had um, one day a week, we would all get together and pray the rosary because that filled some people's buckets. And then on another day, we'd all get together and we'd do centering prayer together and we'd circle our chairs up. And it became like, it was, it became this thing where we looked forward to it every week. Because we would go into the little chapel on campus, circle our chairs up, someone would hit the gong, and we would sit there for 20 minutes, and you know, the first few times it's super awkward. You can hear people's stomachs growling, you know, some people have indigestion, so I mean you just, you're paying, you're trying not to pay attention, and then you're like a oh, prayer word, prayer word, prayer word. But by the end of the semester, we looked forward to it, and it, it didn't matter, and my favorite part is after we would finish up our 20 minutes, we wouldn't judge our prayer time, but we just had a conversation of, well, how was it? How was that? What happened? You know, and some people were like, I couldn't get it together for to save my life. And other people were like, I just felt peace. And I always feel like that was, again, now that you're failing or successful in prayer, but you can always tell when prayer time, like you really tapped into something special when you come out of it and you're just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. For people who have had that experience, you know what I'm talking about. And for people who maybe haven't had that experience, so stick with us. We're going yeah. to get you. We're, we're really going to encourage you to try this. Um, but I think especially during the busyness of the season, we're coming up on Christmas. This is where contemplative prayer, I think, can shine and really help you not be stressed out. Yeah. Um, and it's something that we, that Terry Stevenson and I talked about in our last podcast about, you know, taking care of your mental health and the holidays, that meditation, that quiet time. And knowing that contemplative prayer covers a multitude of practices, we've mentioned centering prayer. Um, what's, can you give us another example of maybe what, um, what contemplative prayer might look like?
1: Yeah. Um well I mentioned earlier walking a labyrinth it's mm-hmm. a very contemplative um practice and the thing about labyrinths is they've been around for a long time and you know there's only one way in and one way out it's not a maze you can't get lost mm-hmm. and you sort of walk in you know you just walk in slowly And I always imagine like I'm walking toward God because there's a center of the labyrinth. And the labyrinth twists and turns and goes in um, different directions. And it's very representative of our lives and how our lives twist and turn. And when you get to the center, then you can just sort of, for me... The more, the closer I get to the center, the more I sort of settle down mm-hmm. and and start feeling more of that peace of God and that grace of God come in. So that by the time I get to the center, I really can stop and appreciate it, almost revel in that grace. Mm-hmm. And then and then it's like when you turn around and go back out, I almost feel ready for whatever. I don't even know what I'm ready for, but it may that walk out just. I feel like I'm gaining energy and I'm gaining strength and resilience as I walk out to face whatever it is I'm facing and that's a that's a contemplative practice that really speaks to me and we use that on the retreats that we do a lot we try to introduce people to the labyrinth because it's such a powerful form of prayer and we don't have a, you know there are people around here who have labyrinths um but not a lot and in the winter it's harder cuz a lot of them are outdoors
0: I like labyrinths as well, because especially if you're new to contemplative prayer, I think the motion of it, like you're actually, you're, you're moving towards Mm -hmm. like just that illustration in and of itself, like you're physically moving. I think that helps a lot because to decide I'm going to be a contemplative and to sit down in silence and stillness for 20 minutes. That's not easy. And it's not for everybody. And it's not for everybody. Yeah. Um, so I love, you know, the labyrinth, particularly, um, I like going to different labyrinths. And so in Midland, at least, Holy Family Episcopal Church on the corner, close to the corner of Sweet and Wheeler, they've got a little labyrinth. If you're curious about it, like that was a super simple place to go. It's, it's, uh, they always welcome people to come use their labyrinth and just to check it out.
1: Well, and we've had here at Blessed Sacrament, we um, last year, and I don't know if you're doing it this year, we had a labyrinth indoors that people could use that belongs to Jean Thiel, and she would bring it in. And I can't remember what days, and I don't know if you're going to do that again, but she's perfectly willing to loan that out to anybody who wants to use it for a group setting or a retreat or anything like that.
0: It's Again, it's just that nice, it's that intentional quiet time. I, I do enjoy labyrinths, but I, I I like outdoor ones, particularly in the summer. I take my shoes off and just feel the you know feel the earth and feel very connected to creation, which again is another way to feel connected to God. So yeah, that's a, another great way to engage in contemplative prayer. And a form of contemplative prayer that people this parish, anyways, might be familiar with is it's called Christian meditation. Centering prayer and and Christian meditation are very close. Centering prayer like. Stacey said you have a prayer word mm-hmm. that you kind of say to come on back now here. Yeah. Um, okay. But with Christian meditation, you use a mantra. And yeah. so that is, yeah. you know, oh that is that becomes your, um, the rhythm of your yeah. prayer. Whereas, you know, like I said, centering prayer, you use that. You don't s- repeat that prayer word as a mantra. You, it's that tug, like that string it's on the It's that finger, tug, like, yeah. Come yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so... Again, there's so many forms of contemplative prayer. I think for anyone who wants to go deeper into prayer, try them all Mm -hmm. and see what fits because there is so many different avenues. And I love God for that, for being like, I know you are all so different and you all have your own things. Here are all the ways that you can spend time with me. Try them all. Something will fit. Right.
1: And, you know, um, silent retreats are another another contemplative a a way to to get into contemplation and a lot of times what you do on silent retreats is you'll have some kind of reflection either on a scripture or a holy reading or something like that and you'll contemplate what it means and and, you know you can journal and i know you had a podcast on journaling and that's a a big part of contemplation is is journaling about something um and i'm definitely not an expert and you had the expert here mary Jo. she's awesome you know, things like morning pages where you just start writing or and everything I know I've learned from her. But that that's another great way of um, experiencing contemplation is just letting your mind go and writing down where it goes and what that means and how that trans, you know, the, that whole transformation process of what where you start and where you finish after just 15 minutes of writing and not judging your writing, but just writing whatever comes, yeah. you know, or reflecting on any scripture, any kind of. Holy reading is just such a great way to get into contemplation, putting yourself into it. What does it mean? Who are you? Are you a character in the story? You know, all of those kinds of things are all kinds of forms of contemplation. I love um
0: the word, a phrase, "lexio Divina is thrown around. And that is exactly what you're talking about. That, you know, divine reading, sitting with scripture and, and listening to it, not with your ears, but with your heart and really Asking God to, you know, pick out that word for you. What it what is it that God, you know, needs you to hear? Um, and, and again, it all of these practices, it, it takes time and it takes a little bit of quiet. Mm-hmm. And I think those are the two hardest things yeah. for people to like carve out of their day. So in the intro, I said we were going yeah. to do a little. Let's do it. Um, we're, we were going to do a little bit of contemplative prayer. So, um, Stacy, can you just kind of explain? Um, I'm gonna get the the gong ready. Can you just okay. kind of explain a little bit about how this is gonna go? and maybe what people should experience, expect during okay. this time.
1: Okay. So we want people to, um, well, think about what kind of words you might want to use as a sacred word. And it should be a word that's not going to distract you. Mm-hmm. So p- some people use words that don't really have meaning some people you know i know have used like maranatha's god with us people have used that because it's not necessarily an english word or a word that we kind of use in our language there are lots of words that you can use and you want to just pick something that won't distract you or, or cause any other kind of feeling in you and then um, what we're going to do is we're just going to get comfortable uncross your legs, take a deep breath, uncross your arms, sit in a spot where you are, you know, you're not going to get uncomfortable. Um, They, you know, they recommend if you have an itch, try not to scratch it. If, you know, if you feel like coughing, but listen, if it's going to make you crazy, just cough Mm -hmm. and just, you know, I, I really do recommend going to a quiet place. I recommend Telling the people in your household that you're busy for a few minutes so the dog doesn't come to the door or, you know, any other number of things which happens in our lives because you won't, the second you get interrupted, it sort of blows it for me somewhat. Um, so you want to try to find a quiet space, but if there's not a quiet space, don't let that stop you. You can really be any posture, it can be any time of day. Um, when you know, really, whenever the spirit moves you, and so what what we'll do is like the, the gong will sound, and then we're only gonna do five minutes, so I just to the audience out there I proposed this to Kristen and I was waiting for her to say are you nuts I'm not going to sit there in silence for 5 minutes people are going to think we jumped off the deep end so what we're going to do is we'll play some very soft music so you know we're here still normally you wouldn't play music normally it would just be silent but we're going to do that so that you know we're all still here and then after 5 minutes the gong will sound and then we'll you know maybe we'll talk about it for just a minute what you know what happened, and maybe the what happened might be nothing. Maybe the what happened might be um, profound. But this is just to give you a little taste. Normally, you would do it for longer than five minutes. For me, sometimes it might take me five minutes just to settle myself down, depending on what what's just happened the day in the day, or you know, before I'm sitting down. So I guess that's that's what really we can expect. And I have a um, a, a poem. That I'd like to read that can sort of lead us into the prayer time. And so I'm going to read this poem and then Kristen will sound the gong and we'll sit in silence for five minutes. And then what we'll do is we'll just try to clear our thoughts. We'll just try to make our minds empty and when a thought comes in, you'll just use your sacred sacred word to, you know, sort of reel you back in. Or like maybe it's like a windshield wiper. Wash away the thought and, and return. And that's what we're just trying to do. So we'll just try to do that for five minutes and we'll see how it goes. How's that sound?
0: Sounds fantastic.
1: The name of the poem is Take Off Your Shoes by Adwoa Lewis Wilson. Take off your shoes, in fact, remove all your coverings, the cloak of achievement, adornments of knowledge, every false veil of self. For the place you stand is holy ground. Here is where I will burn away all that is not real. Here is where you remain aflame with my spirit's fire. Take off your shoes, yes, all your coverings. For here you have found the baptismal font. You may not enter the sanctuary other than naked, vulnerable, available. Then will I wash you, and you will find your part with me. Then, clean and pure, you will abide as a beacon of my light. Like the bush, you will not be consumed, for this soul of yours is holy ground. And see, you will not naked drown. For my presence from your very soul has flowed springs of living water. Bear yourself and come near. In your soul you will find me, a fire's power, a cleansing stream, a perfect refuge, an endless union, a boundless bliss. Unknowable revelation, unshakable peace, here I wait for you to arrive but first you must take off your shoes Now you can just slowly open your eyes when you're ready. It's good to take your time coming out of your contemplation. Try not to rush back into the world. It's just easier said than done sometimes. What did you think, Kristen?
0: That was the quickest five minutes I've ever done this.
1: I felt the exact same way. I
0: kind of cracked, I forgot to set a timer. So I kind of cracked my eyes to look at my computer like, oh, my gosh, what? It's five, five minutes? Usually I do this, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. We've only been at this? Like, I feel like I've been at this for days. But no, <laughs> that was, yeah. How about for you?
1: Yeah, it went by really fast for me, too. When the gong went off, my first thought was, what, already? <laughs> yeah. It I, I always find myself
0: whenever I, whenever I enter into, you know, just this deep prayer, I find myself breathing deeper and it's not even, um, it's not even like I'm going to like, okay, I'm going to focus on my breathing uh, because that too is a distraction in itself. Sometimes like that helps me get into it, but then I have to eventually like let it go. Um, but I just found myself taking deeper breaths and it is hard, you know, at first, Um, it always never fails. Like when you enter into prayer, the first thing your mind does is it's like, oh my gosh, doesn't your back hurt? Or, oh my gosh, my throat (laughs) is so dry. My hips are, right. Yeah. Like I'm thinking (laughs) to myself, my gosh, I got all this tension in my shoulders. Why? But then it's amazing just how eventually it just kind of melts away. Like my shoulders still hurt. Don't get me wrong. Like as soon as that gong went off, it's like, oh, yep, there they are. But for that moment, it's just nice to be able to just let that go. It'll be there when we come. It'll be there when I get back. But maybe coming out of, you know, your prayer time, you see it with new eyes. I think a lot of that, when we say I'm going to take that to prayer, sometimes it doesn't mean like you necessarily like ruminate on it, but you you go into your prayer time, and then, when you come back to whatever it is that was bothering you, you can see it with with new eyes. you can see it anew and and just be able to maybe approach it in a different way and I think that's one of the benefits of contemplative prayer and just the silent prayer in general is it helps you approach things with with fresh eyes perspective
1: mm-hmm. yeah and if you if it's something that you like, if you enjoyed that little five minutes. You can just start small. You know, you don't have to go right to 20 minutes. There's no there's no way that has to be done. There's no way. You can do any way. And I even think just, you know, sometimes I'll be rushing around in meetings and, you know, all of the things that we do. And I'll pull into my driveway at the office after just meeting, 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 not even five minutes to, to breathe. And I'll just sit there for a minute and just settle myself down. Mm -hmm. And that's a form of contemplation as well, because I can tell I need it. I can tell I need to stop. I Mm -hmm. can tell I need to slow down. So you can take this to any level that you want. You can work up to it. You can go right to 20 if you want, or you can start small.
0: I find too, you know, if I'm feeling disjointed or like I'm about to spiral, uh, out of, out of control, sometimes just saying my prayer word, it's just kind of a reminder, you know, like, bring it back, bring it back. We've talked about Teresa of Avila a lot on this podcast this year. And to people who don't like Teresa of Avila or just don't know who she is, you haven't come to appreciate her quite yet. Um, she talks a lot about, you know, that recollection. We have to recollect ourselves. And she was speaking about this in the 16th century and they didn't have TV or cell phones or anything like that. So like for us, We spread ourselves so thin. This is the time to recollect ourselves. And the other thing we've been talking about so much on this podcast this year is not necessarily like discovering the plan that God has for you, but discovering who God wants you to be. Mm -hmm. And this this right here is the way to do that, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, that recollecting yourself, spending time with God, In that narrow room where it's just the two of you and God will help you
1: understand who you are meant to be. Speaking of love. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's beautiful and fascinating and hard and easy all at the same time. Yeah. And it does, like
0: anything, like any relationship, we should say, it takes work. And there are going to be days where it's easier and days where it's, Seems like it's going to be impossible, but like any relationship, you just stick with it and eventually, and it becomes, it becomes routine. It becomes habit. Right, and just like
1: anything, anything. Yeah. Practice over time makes habit. Yes.
0: So Stacy, before we wrap this up, we have talked about a ton of different things. I've loved every minute of it. Is there anything that we haven't touched on that maybe you're like, Ooh, I just want to make sure that, you know, I get to say this before we sign off.
1: Oh, geez, let me think. You know, we when you and I were talking a little bit, we talked about Thomas Merton and, you know, all of the, we, we're all trying to grasp and try this and do this and should on ourselves all of the time. And, you know, there's this quote from Thomas Merton that says, a tree gives glory to God by being a tree, you know, and God made us the way God wants us to be. And we think we need to manufacture something different. And God knows us better than we know ourselves. So we give glory to God by being who God means us to be. And contemplation helps bring us to that place Mm -hmm. of being who God means us to be. And, you know, we talk about what's God's will in my life or God's plan in my life. Maybe we should look at it as, what's God's desire for my life? Mm -hmm. You know, and people talk about, oh, if I make the wrong decision, am I going against God's will? There are so many paths to God. Mm -hmm. God's not that narrow, you know? So we don't need to worry about it. We'll figure it out. And if we choose the wrong thing, that's all right. We'll find the way back, you know, so we can all just kind of give ourselves a little break, lay off the pressure and, you know, be a tree. Yeah, be a tree.
0: God's God's not going to change. God hasn't changed. Like, it's not a moving target. Right. God is always there. And sometimes, we, you know, we take a little to take detours. I take detours all the time in my prayer life. It's fine. But God is always there. And it's not even like, and God's always with us, no matter where, what path we decide to, you know, take off. You're going to blaze a trail. Yep. Ain't going to shake it. Nope. But God's going to be like, all right, well, let's go. Let's do this. So, you know, again, Stacey, thank you so much. Yeah, for you're so welcome. Coming in to talk a little bit about contemplative prayer. Like we could talk for hours about this. We really could. It's an experience that I mean the more you talk about it and the more you you do it, like just the more you appreciate it and you can talk about it because God again, God is always revealing God's self to us. And I, I think that just as much as I see God in nature, I feel God in, in this in this form of prayer. So again, thank you so much. You're so this welcome. is awesome. Thank you for having me. And for doing this podcast. It's really oh, great. Oh, thank you. It has been it has been fun this year. Like I said, to just get multiple different voices in here to hear people's stories because again, everyone has a story to share. It doesn't matter where you're at in your you know, your faith journey, if you're just starting out or if you're like, this is old hat. Um, We all have stories to share and it's important to hear those stories because a lot of people are going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm not the only one. And that's a great feeling. You know, to everyone listening, we hope that, we hope you enjoyed your experience of contemplation today. And we encourage you just to embrace that. Start, like Stacey said, maybe start out small, three minutes move to five minutes, eight, work your way up. It doesn't have to be daunting. and doesn't have to be scary. And, you know, as we head into this holiday season, um, if you're feeling like you're beginning to feel that stress, you're feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm f- spinning out of control. Take that moment, you know, just sit in the car for a minute. Take that minute to breathe, debrief and sense God in your life. So, thank you for joining us, everyone listening. And I hope you have a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and I also hope that you'll join us in the New Year for some more episodes. Bye bye.